If you're a small business owner looking to grow or expand your business, check out OnDeck Business Loans. OnDeck offers business loans online from $5,000 to $500,000, and their simple application process only takes 10 minutes. Unlike banks, they'll give you a decision quickly, and funding is as fast as one day. Get a free consultation with an OnDeck loan advisor. Visit OnDeck.com podcast. This is the Customer Equity Accelerator. If you are a marketing executive who wants to deliver bottom line impact by identifying and connecting with revenue generating customers, then this is the show for you. I'm your host, Allison Hartsoe, CEO of Ambition Data. Each week, I bring you the leaders behind the customer-centric revolution who share their expert advice. Are you ready to accelerate? Then let's go. Welcome, everyone. Today's show is about gaining global customers, specifically in the context of Amazon's Prime Day versus Alibaba's Singles Day. And to help me discuss this topic is Alessandra Bruni. Alessandra joins us from Italy, where she is a web content editor at CIF News, which if you haven't heard of this organization, you can find them at en.cifnews.com. And this is a Chinese news publication and cross-border platform that is very helpful in understanding the Chinese market. Alessandra, welcome to the show. Hi, Alison. Thank you for having me here. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background? Because it's clear you're based in Italy, but you're writing for a Chinese news publication, and yet you understand the Western world. How did you get into this mix? Yes, absolutely. When I was at university, I actually grew a sort of obsession with China. So first, I graduated in Chinese language, and then I mastered in international relations with a focus on China. So when I started working as a web content editor, I knew I wanted to talk about this country. So when I started writing for CIF News that you mentioned before, I was more than excited to write about China, actually. And here is how I got in touch with the cross-border e-commerce of China. And this is how I got so fascinated by it. It is very fascinating, the market. And I want to start by talking a little bit about Alibaba's Singles Day, but we are coming right off Amazon's Prime Day. So we're going to start there and then shift over to Amazon because I, you know, I know our listeners are very much obsessed with Amazon and the market and how that's all shaping their retail world. So let's start with perhaps you could give us a little background about what Singles Day actually is. Yeah, Single Day, whose proper name is Chinese Global Shopping Festival, is actually Alibaba's day of sales and discounts. It lasts 24 hours and it is important because last year it managed to eclipse Amazon Prime Day sales in just 10 minutes. This is why it's so important to talk about it. It actually occurs on November 11, so it is also called Double Eleven. And the interesting fact is that it starts at midnight and last year, 10 minutes after the stroke of midnight, it already generated over $4 billion. So it exceeded the Prime Day sales expectation for 2018. And after 20 minutes, it already exceeded the Black Friday sales. And 24 hours, it managed to generate over $30 billion. So in comparison, Amazon this year reached an estimated $7 billion over 48 hours two weeks ago. So it's also people know very little about Alibaba and Single Day. 
day, you can see that the comparison with overseas sales day is ruthless. It's amazing. And is Alibaba Singles Day just for the Chinese market or is it a global? You mentioned it's Chinese global shopping festival. Well, it is starting to reach every year more countries. Actually, it started as a Chinese shopping festival, but then it spread all over the world with three other platforms like Tmall World, Lazada, and AliExpress. And that served the Southeast Asian market and the European market. So last year, almost 230 countries participated in the event. So actually, today, the trend is to copy what China is doing from Facebook to Amazon, many U.S. tech giants are copying what Alibaba's selling promoting strategies, like the concert with Taylor Swift for last Prime Day is just an attempt to copy the global shopping festival Countdown Gala. So it is actually impacting how we perceive online shopping. So for sure, I can say that it's a shopping festival for everyone today, since we are starting to know that its existence, actually. <laughs> And so the numbers that you cited at the beginning in 10 minutes surpassing Prime Day, does that include 230 countries or is that Alibaba in China alone surpassing? No, no, no. It includes all the countries' sales. And I think that's what's so interesting. You've hit on two points that I really think are fascinating. One is that we oftentimes think of Amazon as a global platform, mostly U.S.-centric, but oftentimes very easy to use in other countries. But yet Alibaba has made a very strong concerted effort to go after the global audience. So if I'm a retailer today and I want to sell to a global audience, this volume that Alibaba represents is quite compelling compared to the Amazon volume, yes? Yes, it is. It actually builds a whole ecosystem made of online retail and offline retail. And this is what makes it so different from overseas platforms. And the reason that nobody else can reach what Alibaba Single Day means for China, it comes down to from the fundamental differences between the two worlds, West and the East, actually, and the two platforms. Like Amazon and Prime, Prime Day is all about Amazon, but Alibaba makes the Single Day revolve around brands that people love and around sellers. Its chairman, Jack Ma, used to say that Alibaba is not the Chinese version of Amazon, but Amazon and eBay are e-commerce platforms, but Alibaba is not because it helps others to do e-commerce, but it doesn't actually sell things on the platform. That is a really interesting point because I noticed the top products sold in Prime Day this year were even more Amazon products ranking up in the top, the Echo, other Amazon, the Fire Stick. These were basically like Amazon takeovers and then all the other retailers were kind of following along. But what you're saying is the philosophy at Alibaba is completely different. So tell me as a retailer, why should I care about the Alibaba platform? We've touched on how it's different, but maybe you could elucidate a little bit more about why it's different for retailers. Well, why you should reach the Chinese platform? Well, it's easy because China hosts the world's largest internet population. So reaching Chinese customer base is a huge opportunity for foreign brands. In fact, during last single day, 40% of buyers purchased from international brands. Really? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> 
And at the event, he's also setting sales records year after year. So it's impressing. It's still growing. So it definitely is a huge opportunity for everyone who chose to sell on the platform. Absolutely. And when they sell on this platform, can you help us understand a little bit about how it's different? Today, retailers are really struggling with keeping up with the Amazon platform because there's this tension where Amazon is doing Amazon Essentials and they have their own products versus the retailer products. And yet you just said a few minutes ago, Alibaba is not the Amazon of China. How is it different for sellers on Alibaba? Well, it is different because sellers can differently from Amazon. They can market on the platform. They can also benefit from cross promotional. I know how to say like they can promote on different channels on the same day, leveraging both the online platforms like multiple e-commerce websites or messaging apps, but they can also leverage the offline experiences made of pop-up stores and exclusive events. And behind the Alibaba's records, there is actually a wise use of new technology like robots, automated warehouses, big data, artificial intelligence. So Alibaba is leveraging the most innovative technology of the future to set new marketing trends that are now spreading in the whole world. Like if you think about the live streaming shopping, it all started when Alibaba broadcast on 10 different platforms, the See Now, See Now, Buy Now fashion show, where customers could buy clothes in real time while watching the live streaming of the fashion show. So this is something that started in China and it's a trend that is now spreading all over the world. And it's an absolute opportunity for brands to gain visibility and to gain engagement. And moreover is... The online shopping in China is not just an act of purchase, it's rather a way to engage and entertain. So what Alibaba did is building an engaging environment where customers are always entertained. And the fact that more U.S. social networks like Facebook are introducing e-commerce features shows that it's not just a Chinese trend. But people starting to ask for more while shopping, actually. So I can add that retailers can, yeah, as I said before, actually, retailers benefit from an, an entire ecosystem supported by online apps and offline experiences. And Jack Ma, the chairman, calls it new retail. It's the combination of offline and online retail. And this is something Amazon is not offering right now. And when you talk about that online and offline, that beautiful synergy, does it necessitate that shop that retailers who sell on Alibaba are able to directly communicate with the buyers? With uh, the buyers, I think they can benefit from the tools that Chinese platforms offer, but they need a deeper understanding of the Chinese market because, I don't know, just running alone in this labyrinth of platforms and experiences confusing, but Chinese companies have many tools to help the sellers to win in their market. So, But I want to come back to this particular point because one of the points of friction for Western sellers on Amazon is they sell the product, but they get no data back or very, very little data back about who bought the product. And basically, they get a shipping address. And then they're not allowed to communicate directly very much with that buyer. And what I think I'm hearing on the Alibaba platform is not only are you allowed to communicate with person who's purchasing your product, but Alibaba's platform is specifically designed 
designed to help you create these online, offline events. They have the tools that basically smooth this interaction and help people purchase more. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Retailers on Alibaba are allowed to market within the platform. And I could say also outside the platform because all the apps and websites, I would say, are connected among them. So all the apps like messaging apps are communicating with one each other. So what the retailer does on Alibaba, so actually on its marketplace like Taobao, is creating relationship with the buyer. So not only he can offer discounts after the sale to the buyer, but he can offer to the customer like promotions and events. Like if if it if the seller decides to launch a live streaming in another app, that app is probably connected with the first app the buyer used. So the buyer managed to follow the, the brand all over yeah, each platform and all over the platform the brand used. Actually, <laughs> so I think what you're saying is through Alibaba's tools and marketplace technology, there is a Alibaba benefits from the interconnectedness underneath of empowering the retailer. So whether the retailer is offering a discount on the sale or offering a promotion an event, they're still benefiting because the actual transaction transaction might take place using Alipay or using another messaging system. So even it's not that they're losing the sale. So in Amazon, there's a strict, you know, you can't sell offline because Amazon has no payment technology. Well, I shouldn't say it doesn't have a payment technology. It doesn't have a massively integrated payment technology. So if I sell at my website, Amazon doesn't see that sale. They don't benefit from that sale. But Alibaba has a platform that's powering retailers off the Alibaba platform as well. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a place where sellers can sell their products, actually. So they're not forced to do their sellers on Alibaba's platform, but they can switch from one app to another, like within the ecosystem, the Chinese ecosystem. Like using WeChat, there are many mini programs where brands can also open their flagship stores. It is different from the Amazon way of selling. And so it's complicated to explain, but actually it's, it's more interconnected yeah, and engaging. So Alibaba too is like AliExpress. If you ever used it, it's like going on social network or Taobao as well with its live streaming platform as well. So it's not just selling on Alibaba. It's just using Alibaba to sell on Taobao, Tmall, and all the platforms available. I got it. Yeah. So there's more of a partnership and empowering type of relationship that Alibaba is using in the market for retailers. And if we compare that to Amazon, what we saw on Prime Day was other retailers, Nike, Best Buy, other companies running their own promotions at the same time to essentially compete with Amazon and try to get the same uplift from Prime Day. And is it, am I right to assume that you don't see that kind of competition in China when Singles Day happens because it's so integrated? Yeah, it's not considered competition. But, well, there is, but it's not considered competition. Actually, the single day is the global shopping festival of every kind of platform, but it is sponsored by Alibaba. But even the other tech giants like JD.com have offered discounts on single day. 
So they all participate to the event. It's not like considered competition. And every platform has its own online shopping festival, actually, during the year. And they also participate to the Prime Day sales, actually. This year, it's a growing trend to offer discounts for the day of the Prime Day. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's growing. <laughs> But I don't know. Have we seen that on the Western side? Have we seen U.S. retailers offering discounts on Singles Day? No, not outside the single day, actually. I only saw brands leveraging the Chinese single day, so actually marketing for Chinese buyers now. So, But I think it's a trend that it will change because the more we get to know the single day, the more the brands will address to Western customers. Like this year, I was one of the Western customers, and I think next year, some brands will address their sales to the Italian market, maybe. So I think this is where we are going, actually, even though now it's digest address the Chinese market and, well, the Southeast Asian as well, but it's not so popular like the Amazon Prime Day abroad. Do we know the percentage of U.S. customers who participate in either Singles Day or the Global Shopping Festival or in Alibaba as a whole? Well, I don't have the exact percentage, but I know that U.S. customers were the second largest customer base of the last Alibaba Single Day. And it was only Japan went first. And then on the second place, there were American customers, actually. Interesting. So if a U.S. retailer is not participating in Singles Day for Alibaba, this is perhaps a big gap. Yeah, I think so. Even because, as I mentioned before, China's population is the largest internet population in the world. So it's a huge opportunity and a big gap to fill if someone is not marketing in China. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the sectors for a minute. You know, oftentimes in Amazon, there's a thinking that certain types of products, perhaps the more unique unique the product, the better it will perform on Amazon and the less it's subject to cannibalization from Amazon's essentials. I think that might be true today, but in Alibaba, are there certain sectors that perform better than others when a retailer's thinking about, should I sell in this category or not? Well, I saw that according to research, last single day, food and drink were two of the most popular categories to buy from. Like Australian milk was bought a lot and Chinese hairy crab also sold over one million of hairy crabs during the first hour of festival. Wow. Yeah, and milk powder as well. But this is a new trend. Usually on single day, people prefer to buy makeup and beauty products, especially from South Korea. And they usually buy useful things for themselves or the family compared to Amazon buyers, I guess. So, But the food and drink category has been a novelty this year, their popularity. And so I have to ask, especially since I'm living here in Oregon, one of the fastest growing categories in the startup space, particularly in the U.S. market, has to do with cannabis and CBD products. CBD products have to do with marijuana derivatives. Are those also sold on Alibaba? 
No, I didn't read anything about it, but I don't think it would become popular any soon in China because the regulation about light drugs as well is very strict. And I'm not aware about any discussion on a governmental level about legalizing like CBD's products or anything like that. I'm not well informed about that. Okay, good to know. Another difference in the market. <laughs> um, so I want to circle back to something that you alluded to in the beginning, and then we've kind of been dancing around a little bit. And this has to do with an article that you just put on the front of CIF News about connected marketplace technology, or really technology that China seems to be leading with. And this is not the first time I've heard this. I've seen some other stories in the last, probably the last two or three years about Silicon Valley starting to take its cues from China instead of the reverse, where China used to come over and see what was new in Silicon Valley and then replicate. That paradigm has changed. So can you talk a little bit about some of the innovation that's happening in the Chinese market, particularly for retailers that might support their growth? Well, are you talking about the technology innovation in China? Yes. Well, actually, China is going through a lot over the last years. It's starting, well, from the factory of the world, it actually became the innovation country for excellence. It's investing a lot in new technologies like 5G or robotics, artificial intelligence, and even blockchain. And so it's achieving a lot in technology right now. So, of course, both the online platforms and buyers and retailers now can benefit of this researching new technologies. For retailers, it's very important because, as I said before, they now can leverage a whole ecosystem that can lies on new technologies, like in the case of Alibaba, the wide use of big data is what allows the platform to perform better, and retailers as well. And then artificial intelligence and robotics is what is driving like the switch to automated warehouses, so even delivery time processes now is even faster than before. Like there are many brands like Nike this year that are relying on drone deliveries. So it's a big change because now they can serve rural customer faster than before. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I think they are benefiting a lot from the Chinese switch towards new technologies and all the investments because of course these are the technologies of the future. So they just help both the customers and retailers to better perform and better live. Are there other examples of brands innovating in China and then maybe thinking about that for the U.S. or just taking advantage of Chinese innovations like you just mentioned with Nike and drone delivery? Well, actually, even I could mention two brands that performed particularly well in the last single day. In addition to Nike, there is also Lancome that, thanks to the new technology, it, the French cosmetics house virtually brought its Chinese buyers to Paris. So I mean that it built 62 feet long paper plane near the Eiffel Tower, and then it opened a pop-up store in Beijing, and both the cities launched a live stream to offer an interactive and exclusive experience just the day before the single day. 
So this is a, probably a good example of leveraging the new technologies during the global festival. And well, it's not just a good example of new technology, but it's also a good example of the entertainment combined with shopping. They're obviously selecting certain buyers, perhaps their best buyers or people they want to become their best buyers and bringing them into this store to give them a special experience. Is that fair? Yes, of course. There is a like, a big research before this kind of event. And I think that since the start of the idea, the new technologies have helped a lot in creating this kind of experience. And of course, the technologies, because it was live streamed in two different countries, in two different, I don't know, continents in real time. I think those two examples are great examples and certainly iconic brands, whether it's Lancome or Nike. I'm sure there are plenty more who are looking at interesting ways to sell on social media or to sell with live streaming and experimenting with this. And the platform makes it just easier for them. So let's say that I'm convinced and I'm a fairly new retailer or maybe I've been around for a couple years in the United States market and I want to try Alibaba or you know parts of the Alibaba platform. I realize when we say Alibaba, there's really quite the ecosystem here. What should I do first in order to explore this market? Well, first, I would suggest to go and check the Chinese tech giants because there is a whole ecosystem out there and it is led by the two Chinese titans like Alibaba, but also Tencent. So I would suggest also to starting being familiar with their platforms like WeChat to start in addition to the other e-commerce giant, which is JD.com. But other important social commerce platforms cannot be ignored anymore. And social commerce refer to those marketplaces with social media features and those social networks with e-commerce features. And two examples are Pinduoduo or Xiaohongshu. And also live streaming platforms like TikTok now have become very crucial. So moreover, I would say the single day is not the only big sale event in China because there is also JD.com's mid-year Shangping Festival, which is the second most important in China. And it's called 618. Then there's Alibaba's Double 12 in December, Taobao's festival in June. And so shopping festivals in China are a real cultural phenomenon. So knowing them and understanding them very well is extremely important right now. So here comes the CIF news to help because I know it can be confusing. So I would suggest to go and check CIF news, the company I write for, because it is the first Chinese media specialized in cross-border e-commerce. So in particular, for over 60 years, it has been connecting China Chinese manufacturers and brands with global markets. And it became the largest service platform right now in China's cross-border e-commerce industry because it's working with 60 industrial districts in China and it connects them with global players like Google, Facebook, Amazon, Wish. And it has also offices in China and in Europe, so it's very easy to reach. And it also organizes conferences, workshops and forums. And last year it opened its business center in Xiamen in China. And it provides facilities for international cross-border companies that want to enter the Chinese market. So it actually helps Chinese companies to enter the Chinese market and the other way around. So I would suggest to check that. That's what I thought you were saying, because it sounded like originally this platform was helping Chinese companies move to a global market and then perhaps helping U.S. manufacturers find industrial working districts. 
But now that paradigm seems to have changed a little bit. And in addition to doing that, they're also helping U.S. retailers enter the Chinese retail market. Yeah, of course. And could you go back to the two social networks that you mentioned? These were Chinese words that I don't think our listeners would naturally hear or would naturally know. You mentioned there were two strong Chinese, yes, social networks. Could you say those again? Yeah, these are two social commerce platforms, like Pinduoduo and Xiaohongshu. And they're very popular in China. It's combination of, well, actually, they are two. Well, Xiaohongshu started as a social network, and then it combined e-commerce features, while Pinduoduo was born as a group buying deals for customers. And it is particularly popular in lower tier cities. So it's actually growing a lot in China. It is a very new social commerce, and it also overtake the other e-commerce giant JD.coms in Chinese sales. So it's important to know them because they're growing and they're gaining wide consumer base in China. And they also new for Western retailers because they offer both social networks features and e-commerce features, as well as the other platforms I mentioned it before. Great. Well, we will link to those in the show notes as well as to CIF News. Now, if there are ways that people want to get in touch, whether they want to explore the platform or whether they want to reach you personally, how would you suggest that they reach out? I can be reached at my LinkedIn profile and I will be more than happy to engage with people interested in this topic to talk about it even more. And Or you can either contact CIF News directly on the website or social media profiles for an in-depth study of cross-border e-commerce environment in China in particular. Excellent. So Alessandra Bruni is on LinkedIn. It's not hard to find her. There are a couple Alessandra Brunis out there, so make sure you look for the one that says web editor at CIF News, and that will get you right to her. As always, everything we discussed is going to be at ambitiondata.com slash podcast. Alessandra, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Alison. I loved it too. Your perspective is so valuable. It's very unique and it's not something that we often hear in the U.S. market where we're kind of in our own bubble. So really appreciate your sharing that with us today. Thank you again. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the chance you gave me to talk about China and this incredible event and on the Chinese point of view. Good. Remember, everyone, when you use your data effectively, you can build customer equity. It's not magic. It's just a very specific journey that you can follow to get results. Thank you for joining today's show. This is your host, Alison Hartzell, and I have two gifts for you. First, I've written a guide for the customer-centric CMO, which contains some of the best ideas from this podcast, and you can receive it right now. Simply text Ambition Data, one word, to 31996. And after you get that white paper, you'll have the option for the second gift, which is to receive the signal. Once a month, I put together a list of three to five things I've seen that represent customer equity signal, not noise. And believe me, there's a lot of noise out there. Things I include could be smart tools I've run across, articles I've shared, cool statistics, or people and companies I think are making amazing progress as they build customer equity. I hope you enjoy the CMO guide and the signal. See you next week on the Customer Equity Accelerator.